Jimmy Williams, executive editor of Blue Nation Review. Uh, he is awesome. We love having him on the show. He's bright, but he's also clever and funny as well. And, yes, bright and clever are different. Uh, Jimmy, uh, thank you for rejoining us once again. Always a pleasure to have you on, my friend. It is always great to hear your voice. And would someone please tell my dog that I'm clever? He doesn't think I'm clever. <laughs> and he's if really we could increase Jimmy's volume a little bit, you know, guys, so. I can't really hear him. Um, uh, that would be uh, awesome. Awesome. Yes. Awesome. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, so it would be good to hear you when I'm interviewing you. That is a good job. Everybody's using new technology, Skype and all these different things, and we are we are happy about that to be able to get and connect with people with different uh, things. So we're going to hear a clip in uh, the next segment due to time um, of the vice president. So um, first of all, any surprise? I didn't think he was going to run, but there were some people in D.C. telling me, ah, you might be wrong. What, what do you say? I'm not surprised by it, to be completely honest with you. I mean, look, the numbers are the numbers in the, in the early states. The numbers are the numbers nationally, and I'm talking about the polls. I'm also talking about the trend in the polls. Um, and so, you know, he doesn't – look, if he, he couldn't win Iowa, perhaps maybe New Hampshire, but Clinton was leading him by 40 points in South Carolina, which was supposed to be his inroad. Therefore, where this, where's the staff? I mean – it just didn't make sense. He would have had to make up way, way too much ground. Do I think that there were some donors out there that were ready for him to get in? Yes, I do. But that would not be enough. I mean, could he have raised $23 million bucks in a quarter? I doubt it. And if that's the case, that would have been a third failed run for the presidency. And I don't think that the good vice president... Um, would want that on his record. I just don't. And he's a listen. He's a beautiful, beautiful man. Yes. Um, and he's awesome. And um, I, I'm I'm glad he's staying where he is. To be honest with you, I am too. I definitely. I just. I'm so excited. I'm sorry. I know some people get mad about things being, but you know, but my gender on this does matter for me. Do you know what I mean with Hillary? It does. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm a does. chick, and yeah. it really does. To be able to tell my daughter, you truly can be anything you want to be, and not be BSing her in this country with regard to that job. Um, uh, quickly, let's talk about number. Let's talk about trends of uh, number. Well, let me let me backpedal a sec. New Hampshire, Bernie's going to get that. Iowa, Hillary. It depends what day you're looking at the polls. So the people understand you obviously don't have to win Iowa to be president. Just ask Mike Huckabee and Rick Santorum on the right. That's right. Um, look, her numbers in Iowa are decent. Um, uh, the newest poll post debate um, for New Hampshire has her up. Um, another poll post debate out of New Hampshire has her down um, to Bernie, but within the margin of error. So she clearly, clearly, and I think anybody would tell you this, got a bump coming out of um, out of the debate. Now, what does that mean? I mean and, her, and her numbers in South Carolina are untouchable, to be brutally honest. So what does that mean? It means absolutely nothing. And the reason it means <laughs> nothing is because Hillary Clinton could lose Iowa, New Hampshire, win in South Carolina, and then you get to Super Tuesday, and I think you have something like nine primaries that day. The states that are that are Super Tuesday matter. Then the following Tuesday, those matter. And the bottom line is, is that will Sanders have enough money? Probably, but will he have won any of those states at that point? If he wins one or two, yeah, then he's got a little bit of credibility. If he wins four or five on Super Tuesday, no doubt about it. If he wins none... He's toast. And the reason being is because you lock up almost a supermajority of the delegates on Super Tuesday. Hence the reason it's called Super Tuesday. And so I think that that's going to be kind of key. Okay, we're going to take a break, Jimmy. Hang on. We'll talk more about this. We'll talk about Hillary. 
Uh, we'll talk about Biden being out here, uh, um, some audio from Biden when we come back, and also we're going to talk about what's happening tomorrow, and that is Benghazi and what Democrats are talking about doing. Back with our buddy and yours, Jimmy Williams. He's executive editor of Blue Nation Review. We'll tell you more about him, like Twitter and Facebook and uh, websites and all that stuff when we come back. we got to go to break right now. I'm Leslie Marshall. Happy hump day. We are talking with my buddy and yours, Jimmy Williams, executive editor of Blue Nation Review. Jimmy, thank you for holding. Welcome back. Uh, we're talking about Joe Biden. And uh, let's hear uh, what the former vice president uh, had to say uh, when he decided to step down. Let's listen to him. We'll listen to this. We'll chat about it. And then we'll talk a little bit more about Benghazi and that testimony for Hillary coming up tomorrow, her second appearance. This is the vice president. Uh, Mr. President, uh, thank you for lending me the Rose Garden for a minute. It's a pretty nice place. <laughs> As my family and I have worked through the, uh, the grieving process, uh, I've said all along uh, what I've said time and again to others, uh, that it may very well be that that process, uh, uh, by the time we get through it, uh, closes the window on mounting a realistic campaign uh, for president, that it might close. I've concluded it has closed. I know from previous experience that there is no timetable for this process. The process doesn't respect or much care about things like filing deadlines or debates and primaries and caucuses. But I also know that uh, I could do this if the, I couldn't do this if the family wasn't ready. The good news is the family has reached that point. But as I've said many times, my family has suffered loss, and, uh, and I, uh, I hope there would come a time, and I've said this to many other families, that sooner rather than later, when, uh, when you think of your loved one, it brings a smile to your lips before it brings a tear to your eyes. Well, that's where the Bidens are today, thank God. Bo, uh, Bo is our inspiration. Unfortunately, I believe we're out of time, the time necessary to mount a winning campaign for the nomination. But while I will not be a candidate, I will not be silent. I intend to speak out clearly and forcefully to influence as much as I can where we stand as a party and where we need to go as a nation. And this is what I believe. I believe that President Obama has led this nation from crisis to recovery, and we're now on the cusp of resurgence. And I'm proud to have played a part in that. This party, our nation, will be making a tragic mistake if we walk away or attempt to undo the Obama legacy. The American people have worked too hard, and we've come too far for that. Democrats should not only defend this record and protect this record, they should run on the record. I've had the great good fortune and privilege of being in public service most of my adult life since I've been 25 years old. And through personal triumphs and tragedies, my entire family, my son Bo, my son Hunter, my daughter Ashley, Jill, our whole family, and this sounds corny, but we found purpose in public life. We found purpose in public life. 
So we intend, the whole family, not just me, we intend to spend the next 15 months fighting for what we've always cared about, what my family's always cared about, with every ounce of our being, and working alongside the President and members of Congress and our future nominee. I am absolutely certain we are fully capable of accomplishing extraordinary things. We can do this. And when we do, America won't just win the future. We will own the finish line. Thank you for all being so gracious to Jill and me for the last six or eight months and for our whole career for that matter. But I'm telling you, we can do so much more. And I'm looking forward to continuing to work with this man to get it done. Thank you, brother. Thank you all very much. Wow. Um, you know, Jimmy, is it not just I'm not going to run, but is it also I'll never be president because of his age, because he had two failed uh, runnings in the past and because he's not running this time around? If he were to run uh, the years ahead, I mean, there is a reality with uh, regard to age, right? Well, I mean, look, his age is his age. And I, you know, I'm not an ageist, but I will say this. It's very hard for him. And I think for um, the American people, when someone gets into their 70s, et cetera, et cetera, to, to say, OK, can you give us eight years and and not have any of the Reagan problems, et cetera, et cetera. But look, I mean, you know, here's the great news. It's not like we haven't had great political leaders um, post office still continue to be um, 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 guideposts, if you will. Look at Jimmy Carter. Um, look at Bob Dole on veterans issues. I mean, these are these are very, very old men, if you will, and they still have some sway within their parties. And I think that Joe Biden, who is um, his heart is young, his body may be what it is. Um, but I think his mind and his heart are squarely within the progressive side of the party that he wants to get things done. and He wants to talk about those things. I can't think of anybody better to talk about them than Joe Biden. That's, that, that, I think that's a wonderful role for him. I agree. Let's talk about the Benghazi uh, panel um, and that's taking place uh, tomorrow. Not the panel, obviously, but the testimony of Hillary Clinton. This is not the first time she has had sworn testimony. Uh, mm-hmm. But there's uh, a lot of fire that's coming uh, toward Representative Trey Gowdy of South Carolina. And, um, you know... <laughs> Look, we're, we we now have Democrats releasing today over 300 pages of testimony by a former Clinton aide. We have numerous hearings, investigations, congressional committees. Tomorrow is nothing more than using these who the Republicans say Democrats don't care about, the ambassador and the other three men who lost their lives at that embassy compound in Benghazi. Uh, it, it's about Hillary Clinton, they say. The Democrats have made it about Hillary, but the Republicans have truly made it about Hillary because that's really all it's about. I mean, if God forbid Hillary dropped dead today or said, you know what, I'm not going to run. I just want to be a grandma. We wouldn't hear the words email, server, or Benghazi or, or even have this investigation going forward. Do you agree with me? Uh, it's it's purely about uh, – it, listen, if her last name weren't Clinton, then none of this would be happening. Let's just be honest about that. Let's say her last name were Hillary Williams, okay, and she had just been a secretary of state. But understand that this is this is decades old, and it's the new Republican crazy right-wing uh, part of the party that still thinks that they need to impeach somebody named Clinton. And that's just – that's just it, it's their dogma. So now that we understand and we know that, 
you know, like these these people have links to stop um, the Stop Hillary Pack, which is there to quote ensure Hillary Clinton never becomes president of the United States. That's their mission statement. The guy that runs that used to be Trey Gowdy's fundraiser. I mean, honestly, do people actually think legitimately? that this is not purely to take Hillary Clinton and try to repeat what happened on the other side of the Capitol Dome and make her lose her temper. Frankly, it doesn't bother me if she loses her temper. The question becomes is what are they going to actually accuse her of? Are they going to accuse her of covering it up, of issuing a stand-down order? What exactly is Trey Gowdy in this sham committee, the longest committee, select committee in the history of the, of the United States, what is this sham committee going to actually ask her about? Because I can tell you this. If they ask her about national security and her emails, that has nothing to do with, with, with the ambassador and the three-man foreign service. That has nothing to do with them. And if they want to go down that road, they might want to be careful considering during the Bush years from 2001 to 2009, Karl Rove and all the rest of the top staff, including Scooter Libby, all had private emails used those private emails to do 97% of all their political and policy work while at the White House. Those emails were all run through a server, a private server, that was housed at the Republican National Committee. And then when the press found out about it, they deleted millions and millions of these emails. So if we're going to have a legitimate debate about national security, for Hillary Clinton, then we damn well better have one about whether or not the Bush White House, which, by the way, the country had just been attacked by oh, by, by terrorists. Uh, uh, no, so, abso- absolutely, Ab- right. absolutely, no, no, no question. The other thing is, when we look back on that debate with Bernie's famous line, "Nobody gives a damn about your emails." Right. Um, that is pretty much the sentiment of the Democrats. It would seem even some centrist and independents, maybe some Republicans. The only people that are watching this, the only people that are getting off on this are people that aren't going to, weren't going to, will not ever vote for her. So don't the Republicans have an ounce of common sense to know they're wasting millions of taxpayer dollars, time, perhaps committing political suicide and helping her because she performs incredibly well before them. (laughs) She's very intelligent and we're just getting more, okay, it was the emails being released, and what are we finding out? That she was asking about gefilte fish, and that her buddy Sidney Blumenthal has got a lot of time on his hands and wants to be useful, and she really didn't pay much mind to what he had to say by forwarding it and passing it on not to be rude to her friend. In addition, we have heard no smoking gum come out from Uma Abedin's uh, you know, testimony, uh, nor other aides that have testified, uh, whether behind closed doors or not, over 300 pieces of, uh, you know, testimony today, 300 pages, excuse me, of testimony today, 307. So bottom line is, Jimmy, don't you think there's somebody on the Republican side looking at another Republican and going, this isn't working. (laughs) I mean, it worked at first. I mean, it hurt her poll numbers, but I mean, isn't somebody going to say, you know, I mean, she's going to be the nominee. Shouldn't we spend more time and energy getting a better candidate than Donald Trump? You know what I mean? I just, I don't get it. Well, you've now you've now broached into the problem, into the fissure within the Republican Party. Set that aside because that's a that's a that's a wound that's going to continue to get in, you know uh, infested, and and at some point the Republicans will go through septic shock. At least I hope they will, so they can get rid of the crazies within their party. But step back, and so you mentioned something very interesting. Republicans are spending millions and millions of dollars, uh, wasting taxpayer money, blah blah blah. Well, guess what? They did that. 
uh, in Iraq. And so, I mean, I, you know, this is this is no new news for them. They don't care. They cry about budget deficits, but, you know, they'll pass Medicare Part D and not pay for it. Please. I mean, these people have no fiscal responsibility. They can talk about it, but it doesn't mean anything. So this is nothing more than a campaign committee hearing. That's all it is. In fact, the, the f- top four Senate Democrats yesterday sent a letter to the RNC asking Reince Priebus to, to reimburse um, uh, the, the, the Congress for a political action committee hearing as opposed to a congressional hearing. I thought that was kind of funny. Of course, Reince Priebus said no. This is, this, is a, this is a witch hunt. And it's a witch hunt because their last name is Clinton. And they don't care under any circumstances whether there's legitimacy, any legitimacy to it or not. Their whole goal, and they've admitted it, and, and now we've got four or five of them that have said this was nothing more than a political uh, process. That's it. Okay, so if it's a political process, this should be housed over at the political, political campaign committees, not within the halls of Congress. It's just that simple. Uh, Jimmy, always a pleasure to have you with us, and we'll definitely have you back on the show. Uh, Thanks, thank you Leslie. for joining us on this hump day. Uh, that's our buddy, Jimmy Williams, executive editor of Blue Nation Review. He's also an MSNBC political contributor. He writes for usnews.com and jimmyspolitics.com. So go to bluenationreview.com and uh, get a good read. Also, jimmyspolitics.com. And follow Jimmy on Twitter at jimmyspolitics, J-I-M-M-Y-S, politics. By the way, he spent more than six years as a staffer in the U.S. Senate, five years with Senate Majority Whip Dick Durbin, and uh, he was an unpaid intern, then a senior economic policy advisor, and now look at him now. Also, Majority Staff Director of the Senate Banking Subcommittee on Economic Policy, good friend of our show, Jimmy Williams.